Hello, hello. Welcome to my reinvented podcast, Taboo, where we talk about all the things people are afraid to talk about. If it makes you uncomfortable, I'm probably going to talk about it. Life is too short for ambiguity. So thank you for listening, and here we go. Hello, hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to this week's episode of Taboo. This week, I really want to dive into dating and relationships because I feel like it's one of the things that I get asked about the most. And I just want to preface this with, I'm not perfect. I don't have a perfect relationship. But the combination of things that I've learned in my spiritual and mindfulness practice combined with the past relationships that I've had have really given me a good picture of what a healthy relationship should look like. And oftentimes I find myself scrolling on social media and reading things on Facebook and everything seems so perfect when other people post about their lives. And it's often because that's what we want people to think about us, right? It's hard to highlight the insecurities and highlight the trials and tribulations that we're going through. So often these social media outlets become almost like a platform for us to say, hey, look at me, my life is so great. And then on the other side of the phone, you're having a mental breakdown and crying about a huge fight that you just had with your partner. And, you know, earlier this year, I turned 30. And I feel like this is kind of a pivotal moment for a lot of people in life. As a female, I have a lot of female friends who are starting to panic about the biological clock and they want kids and maybe they don't want kids and they have a partner but maybe they don't really like that partner or they don't have a partner and they're panicking that when are they going to find the right partner and should they freeze their eggs and these are all valid concerns and in a world that is so set on focusing on people's perfections and really making people afraid to talk about their shortcomings, their failures, their past relationships. I really want this to be a space where we talk about these things. I'm not sure why it's so taboo to talk to someone you're dating about the reason why your previous relationship failed. If you can take that relationship that you had and turn that into a growing point, a lesson that you learned, a deep space of introspection and reflection, it will serve you in your future relationships as you become a better communicator and you become better at learning what do you want? What are you looking for in other people? What does your ideal partner look like? What do their hobbies look like? And how can you really rise to be the best version of yourself to create a harmonious, healthy relationship that is sustainable and built on a solid foundation. So one, I'll start with dating, and I feel like people are in such a rush to get to the finish line that they don't really appreciate the dating process. Take it slow. There's no hurry. In yoga, I say this all the time when I teach, take your time. Why are we always in such a hurry to get to the next step? As someone who's lived most of my life like that, getting from checkpoint to checkpoint, almost as if I'm in a Mario Kart video game, it's really important for me now to slow down, to really step in and focus on the present 
and savor what's happening right now around me. Cherishing the small things, those are the memories that I take with me. And when I reflect on them a few years down the road, those are the things that I can recall. Those small details, a dance on the first date, a shy smile when you're still not quite comfortable with somebody, but you like where things are going. So instead of rushing to get to the next point and, oh, when are we going to be official? And, oh, we've been talking for three months and we're not a title yet. Why? Is this really for me? Is this going to work out? I want to be official boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever the case may be. So really, I invite you to just enjoy each moment. Truly be present in a date. One of the most important foundations for a solid relationship is listening. Most of the time, when you talk to people in society, you'll realize they're not really listening to you. They're there, physically, but mentally they're thinking about what they're going to say about themselves or their life story or whatever you said that triggered something for them to speak about, or they're lost off in their own thoughts. And so often we get caught up in this monkey mind and this, oh my God, what am I going to say? Oh my God, they just introduced themselves, but I was thinking about what I was going to say and I didn't want it to be awkward and now I forgot their name and I don't want to ask them again. And so really just listening consciously, not to say anything, not to do anything, just acknowledging, wow, thank you so much for sharing that. That's so cool. I didn't realize that you did X, Y, Z. And just acknowledging somebody sharing their past, their present, their dreams, their goals, whatever that may be that you're talking about is so important. Another tip for success in relationships is giving yourself time to heal from previous relationships. Just the other day, I have a friend who's in the middle of a divorce now and It's really crazy because the person did not seem like they were that kind of person. And of course, you know, divorces turn ugly really quickly. And now this person is not even the person we thought that he was. And my friend posted in a group chat that she was on Bumble and she was talking to some guy and she screenshotted it. And my heart just broke when she sent that because... The divorce papers haven't even been signed. Things haven't even been finalized. That energetic connection to that person that she just spent X amount of years with is still there. And she's already trying to erase that and pretend it never happened and move on to the next part of her life. And I get it. As somebody who has had their share of heartbreak, relationships are tough. Breakups are even more tough. And sometimes that person that you thought was your world shatters your world. But it's so important to take time after a relationship ends and just be with yourself, with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones. And really take the time to ask yourself, what do I want? What am I going to do today that's going to make me happy? What's my ideal date? What is my body asking me for right now? And really tuning into these things and shifting that perspective from, 
I can't believe that this happened to me. I can't believe this relationship is over. Or maybe you chose to end the relationship and you're ready to move on. But I challenge you, how long can you stretch that period between that last date with that person you just separated from and your next first date? One of the first questions that I asked people when I would go on dates was, when was your last relationship? Because sure enough, anybody who had been with somebody in a long-term relationship less than six months ago usually had a lot of healing and a lot of baggage they were still carrying that they hadn't processed and worked through. And this is so important in relationships. It's like the foundation of your house. If the foundation isn't cemented properly, if there's cracks all throughout the flooring, once you start building upon that and putting heavy furniture and other things in it, the floor will crumble. Because under the pressure of all that weight, it cannot hold itself up. And this is exactly how relationships work. So when you bring in baggage from past relationships, you really want to make sure it's baggage that you've sat with, almost like a spring cleaning, and said, okay, I don't need this anymore. Okay, I was like this in my previous relationship, and this was a pain point for my partner. I really need to work on this and become more like this. Or I really aspired to be more this way. I need to get rid of this personality trait, and I need to make it more like this. And as we grow and we shift and we transform ourselves, we become more and more evolved. And this sets us up for success in our future relationships. So take your time, heal, grow, learn. Every person that's put in your life is there for a reason. It's up to you whether you want to take what they've taught you and what you've learned from that relationship and use that as a point of reflection and a point for you to pivot and move forward in your life for yourself and for future partners and loved ones and all the other relationships that you form in your life, not just romantically. Another great thing that I think people need to think about when they date people is it's a great way for you to learn what you like and what you don't like about people. The more dates you go on, the more you realize, mm, I think this is a really unattractive quality. Oh, wow, I really enjoy people who prioritize X, Y, Z, and so on and so forth. So basically, the more, you know, it's like trying foods. The more different foods you try and the more different cultures you learn about, the more you start to see which foods you're really into. It's the same with people. So really taking time to experiment, learn, open your horizons, All of those will help you become a super specific person when it comes to what you're really calling in in your future relationship. So again, this goes back to the taking time in between relationships. If you're not really sure what you want, take time, sit down, put some relaxing music on and ask yourself, what qualities do I want my future partner to have? I want them to be ambitious. I want them to be loyal. I want them to be friendly. I want them to be outgoing. Whatever those qualities may be. Think about what you really want. And at the same time, draw a line down the middle of that paper and write down all the qualities you don't want. It's good to know both. Because then when you meet somebody and they have several qualities you don't like or what we call red flags, 
you can already walk away knowing this person doesn't meet my criteria and I'm no longer willing to settle. Let me not waste their time or mine. I'm ready to move on. Another huge part of relationships that really leads to success, blooming, flourishing, whatever word you want to use, is really taking the time to show gratitude and appreciation for that person. Whatever ways they're showing up for you in your life, as long as they're doing their best, there's nothing greater than being acknowledged for that effort and that time and that energy that they're putting in. And sometimes that may not look the way that we want it to. For example, my partner is in an operating room a lot of the day. And when we first started dating, I was really sad because I had this expectation in my mind that every morning I wanted a text message saying, good morning, good morning, good morning. And as I started to evolve in this relationship and, you know, he moved in with me and I saw that he would wake up at 4.45 and by 6 in the morning he's scrubbing into a case, I started to realize that while I'm still in my third dream, this person has already had such a tumultuous morning that maybe the first thing on their mind when they wake up so freaking early isn't, oh my goodness, let me text my girlfriend, hi, good morning. And I had to learn that that was okay. And things like calling right when he got out of work or talking to me as he's driving home from work or taking the train, those were the ways that he could show up for me that helped him and helped me. So finding somewhere that's halfway, something that fits and helps not just you, but also them is so important. And I think that's what people mean when they talk about compromise. For me, compromise isn't me giving up all the things I want to do so I can do the things that my partner wants to do. It's us both contributing the time and the energy that we feel is appropriate and meeting each other halfway. So, okay, I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with your parents, but that means I'm going to spend Christmas with mine. It's a 50-50 compromise, something like that. That's another thing I see a lot of as you look around. I start hearing about people's relationships, and it's very one-sided in either direction. It's more like 80-20 or 75-25. And as time goes on, that will really take a toll on you, whether you know it consciously or not. Subconsciously, every time that you're giving up something that you want to do for somebody, you are creating a tally in your own mind. And one day you will no longer want a tally and you will speak up. And that's typically when people turn into these shouting matches and bringing up all this resentment and the partner is standing there on the other side going, where is all of this coming from? Because it doesn't get addressed. It gets buried underneath the surface until one day, like a volcano, the volcano bubbles and bubbles and now it can't stop overflowing. So I I really encourage you to be grateful for your partner. If their love language is words, let them know. Text them. Thank you so much for taking out the trash today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for cooking me dinner tonight. I really, really appreciate how that made me feel, how much time you took, how great the food was, whatever that may be for you. But letting your partner know that can really change their day. And just being appreciative for who they are, for the role they play in your life, for the ways in which they're showing up for you, even the ways that they're showing up for themselves. My partner is often 
exhausted and overworked and burnt out. And I always make it a point to tell him, go to the gym, go to the gym. Your body will thank you for it. And whenever he comes back home from the gym, I'm like, are you alive? And yes, he's like, yes, I'm alive. I feel so good. Thank you for making me go to the gym. And I'm like, I appreciate you taking time to take care of your body and move your body. I'm glad that you feel better. So things like that are small gestures. They take minimal amounts of time to state them and they really make the world of a difference. Next is my personal favorite in relationships, independence. One of the best ways to keep a healthy relationship is to maintain your own identity. And what do I mean by that? Do your own thing. Live your own life. A relationship is not two people who morph together and become what I like to call an amorphous blob. It's two people who have their own set of hobbies, interests, friend groups, and they join together and become even better versions of themselves while still keeping all the things that they love doing on the wayside. So, for example, my partner really loves to ski. And every winter, even if I can't go with him, I'm like, go ski. Go get your powder days. Go tear it up on the slopes because I know that that is what makes him light up inside. For me, it's going to yoga on a weeknight. And so he knows that when I go to the gym, I'm like, I'm going to yoga. I'm gone for the next hour. My phone's on do not disturb mode because those are the things that make me happy. And oftentimes... We get caught up with our work schedules and we don't see our partners enough and we don't have time for date nights. And if you have kids, you have even less time for yourself. And so you're wondering, wow, how can I spend time with my partner and still have time for all the things that I used to enjoy doing? Maybe that was painting. Maybe that was dancing. Maybe it was going for a run. Maybe you set your alarm 20 minutes early in the morning and you do your workout without your partner. Maybe you and your partner work out together and he does his own thing and you do your own thing. Whatever that looks like for you, own the things that you love to do and make sure that you have your own set of hobbies. I always try to imagine, okay, if this person wasn't in my life and their energy wasn't affecting my decisions, what would I want to do today? And I try to do those things anyway. Because it's so important to do the things that you genuinely enjoy. In my previous relationship, my partner was obsessed with sports. His goal was to travel to every baseball stadium in the U.S. And I remember I would go along because I wanted to be supportive and I wanted to feel like, okay, we're doing this together. But deep down, I really could care less about baseball. And so for me, that was something that when I got out of that relationship, that part was like, oh my God, thank God. I never have to go to another baseball game again. And those are things that if you don't really enjoy doing it and your partner doesn't really need you to be there, let them enjoy it on their own. We don't have to be attached at the hip to our significant others. And that, for me, really brings a sense of independence And really breaks that codependency trend, which is like that hot topic people are talking about now where people don't know how to be on their own. And this happens too when people break up. Who are you when your partner is no longer in the picture? So just think about that. And I implore you to try your own activities, find your own hobbies, be your own person, and then come together with your partner or your significant other and make a badass team.
Speaking of teams, this is something huge. I read it once on social media and it was something about the next time you're in an argument with your significant other, remember that it's not about you versus them. It's about us versus the problem. And I thought that that was such a good perspective because oftentimes when you get into arguments with your partner, you start talking about, oh, you said this and you did this and I can't believe that you would do that. And it just becomes this big screaming battle and people say words they don't mean and they bring up things from five years ago and it can get really ugly really quick. But I think that when you flip that perspective and you really say, you and I are a team and this is the problem that we're facing. How can we best solve this in a way that supports both of us and creates a solution? And that for me was a huge mindset shift. I remember my first boyfriend from high school, we used to be like the typical Hispanics because that's often what's modeled in the Hispanic community. You get into a fight and the decibels just keep escalating and escalating. And before you know it, you're full-blown yelling at each other and nothing, nothing is changing. It's so toxic and it's so unhealthy and it really brings no solutions. And now when I'm in this relationship with my partner and we're talking about things, and I see that they're not going in the direction that we want, I will lower my voice. Instead of raising my voice, instead of yelling, I will talk so quiet, it's almost like a whisper, and I will say, why are you yelling? Why are we yelling? Let's talk about this rationally. Let's talk about this calmly. How can we fix the solution? Or how can we create a solution? And that has been such a game changer for me. It has helped me respect my partner and vice versa. It has helped me monitor the words that I'm saying. And it has always helped me reel in that my anger is not me. It's an emotion that's passing through me. It's something bubbling up inside me, but that's not who I am. And if you're able to have that awareness and you're able to have that recognition in your mind of, hold on. This escalated really quickly. It's starting to go south. We're saying things we don't mean. We're not getting to the point here. We've diverted from the original purpose of the conversation. Let's reel it back in. To be able to do that in the middle of an argument when you're flaring up with testosterone and all your fight or flight hormones is really powerful. So if, if that's you, if you kind of have one of those relationships I just, just described where the volcano erupts really quickly and it's a shouting match, Try talking really low. Try bringing your voice down to a whisper and seeing how that changes your next argument or discussion. It is truly a game changer. This next point is really important for me growing up. I saw my mom and dad always get into these arguments because my dad would be talking to my mom, asking her what she wanted, and my mom would get upset that he didn't already know. And I'm going to state this really clear here for the record. Men and your partner, whatever gender they may be, they are not mind readers. They cannot read your mind. We are all such complex individuals with such craziness going on in our minds between all of the problems in the world, all of the stressors in our daily life. It is unfair to think that your significant other or somebody you are dating 
knows exactly what's going on in your mind. So this is my number one relationship tip. Communicate. Everything in a relationship starts with communication. Think of it as the big umbrella and everything else underneath it is extra. If you can master the art of communication, you can master anything. It is pivotal for you to be able to express your needs in a relationship. What do you want? What are you upset about? What do you wish you could have done more of this week? I really need my partner to show up for me in XYZ way. I really didn't appreciate when you spoke to me in blah, blah, blah way. I really wanted to eat this instead of this tonight, but maybe tomorrow we can eat that. And when you are able to do those things, it is a game changer, not only for you, but for your partner. And this is something that was actually taught to me by Dave, my current partner. I remember when we first started dating, I, you know, I bring the sasong, I'm definitely Cuban, and I would say things and... Sometimes it wasn't necessarily that I was saying something wrong, but it was the way that I said it that came off harsh. And he would look at me right then and there, and in a totally calm voice, he would be like, Kristen, I really don't like when you talk to me like that. And it would stop me in my tracks. It would make me blink and think twice and be like, wow, he's right. I didn't have to say it in that way. And I would apologize, and I'd say, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. I didn't mean for it to come off that way. I actually meant it like this. Or noted, I will not do that in the future. Thank you for letting me know. And when you're able to vocalize that to somebody and let them know how their words or their tone or their actions are affecting you, then they're not in the dark. Then you can't say or they can't say, I didn't know. No one ever told me. Because I always say one thing is you didn't know any better. But the next is that you knew and you still did it. So you can't fault your partner for doing something if you never told them that you didn't like when they did it. And like I said, this goes for actions, this goes for words, this goes for places to go, commitments, everything like that. Communication is key to everything. And my last point, a huge thing in relationships is going back to the point about you and your partner coming together and being a team Be their best friend, be their cheerleader, support their dreams, their hobbies, whatever it is that they want to do. It is so nice to feel like your partner is holding you and supporting you in a safe space. It is so nice to have somebody who lets you openly express your thoughts and who you want to be, what you want to do, what visions you want to create. Being able to have such deep and vulnerable conversations with somebody and not be judged is so, so crucial to a successful relationship. Imagine if your partner shared their biggest dream with you and you were just like, well, that's a dumb dream. Talk to them with love and support. Be the cheerleader you want them to be for you. Oftentimes, the behaviors that we want to see or the words that we want to hear will be modeled for us if we model them first. You know, it's like kids watching their parents. Kids become their parents. There's also some truth that, you know, if you have a parent who's been alcoholic or you have a parent who is, you know, a proponent of domestic violence, the kid may be totally averse to that and they may never touch alcohol or they may never hit a child. 
but the majority of us, we become like our parents. And the same can be said for the people we hang out with, which is why, you know, in the Hispanic community, there's a saying, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. So, dime con quien andas y te digo quien eres. Who are you hanging out with? What words do you want to fill your life with? What activities do you want to invest your time and energy in? You know, for me, pre-pandemic, I was going out every weekend and partying. I was out dancing and enjoying alcohol and loud music and reggaeton, which I still love. But I found ways to do that that don't deplete my energy, that don't deplete my brain cells, that don't deplete my bank account. And so really thinking about what you say, thinking about the way that you say it, thinking about the ways that you show up for your partner. And all of this is applicable to them too. How do they show up for you? How do they speak to you? Do they speak to you with love and respect? Do they model the things that you want them to do? Do they help you clean the house? Do they help you take care of the kids? Do they help you with tasks that you didn't get to because you were so busy with your day? At the end of the day, you want a teammate. You don't want to have to be someone's parent. I remember a theme from many of my relationships. I felt like I was their mother. And now that I'm finally older, I realize I don't want to be anyone's mom. That's why I don't want kids yet. I want someone to be my partner, to be my teammate, to be ready to bat with me. And so finding somebody who's at your level Somebody who's willing to rise to the occasion. Somebody who's willing to invest their time and energy and love into themselves and into your relationship. Those are the recipe tools for a successful relationship. So if you're still listening, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day or night wherever you may be. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, feel free to DM me at Chris Alec on Instagram. Take care and see you guys next week.